For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We are three Disney fangirls who probably know more about the Disney parks than most grown women should. And we're perfectly okay with that. Totally okay with that. And when you know a lot about something, you probably love a lot about something. But there's always going to be some things that you maybe wish weren't a thing. Kind of, you know. So we're going to talk about that today. (laughs) Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa, and you can find me on Twitter at Gertie the Dino. My name is Jane, and you can find me on Instagram at Real Mousewife WDW. Hey, y'all, I'm Patty Holiday from NoGuiltDisney.com, NoGuiltFangirl.com, NoGuiltLife.com. Look, we're just calling it the No Guilt Universe these days. So, hi from the No Guilt Universe. Um, you can find me on all socials at NoGuiltLife. And for today, we have a we thought it was a fun conversation uh, to have. And this came out of our Facebook group. But what we're going to talk about is some of the things that if if you could look at Genie Plus, Genie, Genie Plus, whatever, if you could look at Genie Plus and say, hi, make these changes for me at Disney, what would they be? Maybe it sounds like we're just like being negative, but that wasn't the intention. And that's not, I don't even think that's really how it all came out. I think it's a small little vent sesh, but it's also just a discussion of um, things that we wish would come back or things that we wish we could change. So not all totally like we hate this, uh, though there are some things that we we definitely dislike <laughs> as a community. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Teresa, go ahead and explain like how we have this broken down. Sure. So we put this question in our Facebook group, which is No Guilt Disney on Facebook, if you want to join in our conversations. But so we are just asking people, you know, what would you like to have Genie change? And so I was going through the responses, everybody put their their top three things. And so I thought it'd be interesting to kind of sort it by how many votes each thing got. So we have it broken down into to categories. So things that maybe got one vote, things that got multiple votes. And then at the end, we're going to do the top three um, I'll say for the things that we would want Jeannie to get rid of, there was a lot more consensus, um, especially once you got to the top votes. Um, for the things that you would like to bring back was a little more varied. And this is my little teaser to get you all the way through the episode. The number two thing that people want to bring back, I know, I know people care about this and I know people are very passionate about it, including somebody on this podcast, but <laughs> it surprised me that it got to the number two item. So definitely stick around for that because I know one of our podcast members will be going on a very passionate rant about this one. <laughs> Whatever could it be? <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's kick it off. This just, hey, what is it that you guys have? have or that you think or that you would like, here's your chance. Jane, tell me uh, what you would change personally if it were up to you. Um, Well, obviously, when I approach the parks, I have a very different approach than a vacationer. 
you know, I live here. Um, so things are a little bit easier, maybe, for me to enjoy while I'm here. But I can honestly say the one thing that I would change, I can't believe I'm going to say it, is enchantment. <laughs> that's it. It's got to go. Oh, I'm like, that's I, what I was going to ask. What, what do you mean by change? You just dislike it completely or? It's just, you know, when you bring in a new show, the new show should be better than the last show. And they had big shoes to fill with, with Happily Ever After. You know, they've had wishes prior to that, Fantasy in the Sky. And Enchantment just falls flat. And I um, I actually sat two, two nights ago. I was in uh, Magic Kingdom with my cousins for her birthday. And she, um, she you know, she, she only comes every couple of years. So they don't know. They just, you know, oh, we want to see some fireworks. And we've talked about this, right? Like the shows are really for the guests who aren't here every day. And... They were thrilled. They were like, oh, this is great. It's so beautiful. I mean, for me, I found another hidden gem of a spot to watch from. So, like, that part was great. That but you're not going to share with us, are you? Well, no, I'm going to save that for another hidden gem show. <laughs> oh, I see. This, right. this is how we make multiple pieces of content, ladies. I thought that you were just not going to share with us so that it would continue to be your spot and yours alone. But – Fair enough, well, fair enough. We can definitely I won't tell you where content. it is. Yeah, I won't tell you where it is, but I will tell you that I found a wall to sit on and there was also a rock to prop up my back. And this old person was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, those are all good things. I don't know that how it can beat the people mover personally because that was that's just my peak, but I would like to see this. I would like to see this this spot at some point. So all right, good to know, good to know. All right. Well. Yeah, I, I I sat there listening to Enchantment, and I was like, you know, the fireworks are good, but there's no emotional connection to it, and that's what I expect from my fireworks shows. So I look forward to the announcement of what it's going to change. <laughs> well, and they did say that this enchantment was supposed to be, you know, a limited time run. That it's, yes. um, you know, for the fiftieth anniversary. So. We, uh, there's something to that. You could definitely be seeing something completely different in a shorter, short-ish period of time as we're rolling up on this uh, one-year mark. You know, fairly soon. It's not that far away. Um, all right, all right. Well, that's fair. Uh, Teresa, do you have anything you want to discuss up off the top? Or uh, sure, you know, I, I, I will say my ranty rants. <laughs> right. So I will say a few of mine uh, did did come up in the list. So I'll, I'll talk about some of the ones that I have that are on there, but the one that I didn't put in um, and it should not be a surprise is everyone knows illuminations is my absolute favorite, my favorite Disney fireworks show of all time. But I will say, I'm not necessarily going to say that I want to bring back illuminations as my top, top thing. I would love that. Like it touched me. Don't get me wrong. If they did that, I would cry happy tears every day. However, if we're just going to think about things I would like to change, Mine would be for the harmonious barges to be able to be removed during the day and then just come out for the show. I think that would, I'm like, I think that would be a good compromise if they found a way to make them more transportable. So that way you could have the gorgeous views around the world showcase during the day and then just put them in there at night for the show itself. 
doesn't mean I'm going to necessarily come back and watch the show. But I think if they had made that in a way that you could, they weren't there all the time. I that's something that I would love to see happen. And I would like to think is feasible. Maybe they can figure out a way to do that. But yeah, I think my my one thing I would change would be for them to not have to be there 24 seven. All right. Uh, I I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. I think that would be <laughs> I think I'm, I think I'm pretty good saying that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that that'd be pretty solid. And to be honest, I bet you anything. All the Imagineers that are listening, because you know, I'm sure they all are like, "Oh, it's no go. It's podcast. We got to listen." Um, I'm sure every single one of them are like, "Yes, we do too." However, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> because I I I agree with you. I think that's that's the disappointment. The show itself, um, I've learned to enjoy, but um, not so. Still, still hate walking in and seeing those barges. There, it's just it's such an eyesore compared to what it was before. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel you on that one. Um, as far as harmonious is concerned. Um, that would make a huge improvement if we can make that change. Um, for the Magic Kingdom fireworks, you know, I'm not a huge fan. I, mean, I like fireworks, but I don't care so much about the show itself. Uh, so confession, I still haven't like actually sat and watched that show in its entirety. I've seen snippets of it. I've gotten my fireworks experience and it's filled me up, but I have never actually sat and watched. So, so I have no opinion on that either. But I do have opinions, and I have them very strongly on two subjects. Uh, the first one is what kicked this whole thing off, and that's the fact that I wish that Disney was not... <sighs> what made Disney, or what was always the appeal to me to Disney when I first started going um, consistently as an, as, a, as an adult, uh, was just how different they were than any other location and any other properties that you went to. And w- one of those small but important differences to me was the fact that you didn't have to pay a parking fee at your hotel. And as we know, Disney changed all of that a couple of years ago. And they literally said, well, we're just doing it because it's industry standards. And my answer to that is be better than the gap. Like you're better than that, Disney. You could have even found a way to like work in that parking fee into my uh, daily pricing and I wouldn't have known the difference. But when you make it this quote unquote add on fee to me, I recognize it and I get angry about it every single time I pay it. Um, so that's just one thing is I, I wish that it recognized that Disney as a resort recognized that they did some things and some of the appeal for people like me, and I'm sure I'm not the only person, um, was that it, it was a different experience and that you did have some guest-related perks or circumstances that you guys took into account that made it um, very appealing for us to come and to stay on site and felt welcoming. And truly, I felt like those parking fees, like I didn't feel welcome. Like I, I felt like it was like, you know, they're not huge. They're not insane, but... I'm just not happy with them and it's been years and I have not gotten over them. Uh, So that's my answer there. And then my second event that came to me as I was thinking about this whole discussion that we were going to have. And I was like, I can't believe this wasn't brought up. Maybe I'm the only person that this bothers. I don't know. I'm going to throw it out there. We'll have this discussion, but it's the park hopper sitch. It doesn't bother you guys. 
Oh, it does. And I'll say that that is one that it will be on this list somewhere. But yes, the the park hopping, I think it's just even just the timing of it. I think if the timing was a little bit earlier, it would bother me less. Yes. But it's the right now being, I guess it's 1 p.m. in California, 2 p.m. in Florida. Um, for me, that's just, it's really, I, yeah, it makes it really difficult, um, particularly with if you were to do Genie Plus and try to do that, I think it makes it really difficult to try and book things in a second park. I know it's possible, but like trying to figure out your time. Like I, I think it's it's more math than I want to do on vacation. But also just I like to sometimes jump into a park, maybe do one or two things and then go somewhere else. Um, or for the park hopping, say if you are entering a park after 2 p.m., like your, it's your arrival day and you're there getting there in the afternoon it would be nice if you didn't have to stick with the park you reserved first and then have to like go to that park for just to tap in and then go somewhere else. I would like it if after 2 p.m. It doesn't matter where your park reservation is. You can just go to whatever park you want to go to. Yeah, I would say that's my <clears throat> that's my biggest gripe with the park hopping situation is like the other day, my park pass was for Epcot. Um because originally we had booked for Epcot for Friday and then they decided to go to Epcot in the morning and then park hop to Magic Kingdom in the afternoon. Well, I wasn't able to join until the afternoon. So I had to drive to Epcot, park my car, go tap my band, go back to my car and drive over to Magic Kingdom. (laughs) Which is super stupid after two o'clock. Like, Right. Yeah, like I, it was like 530. Yeah. <laughs> I understand the purpose. Like, let's not, let's not, you know, we get why they're doing this, or at least we assume we know why they're doing this. And my assumption, as I think most of the Disney community's assumption is for uh, planning and staffing purposes, um, is that this really helps them determine, particularly first thing in the morning shifts, you know, who needs to be there at which parks and whatnot, right? Um, also, you know, probably helps instead of making Magic Kingdom so packed to the gills, they do cut it off to a certain number so that then it guides people to go over to fill up uh, the other parks, to go fill up Animal Kingdom or to go fill up Hollywood Studios, which maybe wasn't getting filled up or Animal, or I guess Epcot is probably the other one at this point. Um, trying to fill those two parks up instead of just having everybody show up at Magic Kingdom. So I understand the process and I understand the, the thinking behind it and I don't hate it and I don't, I don't disagree with what they're doing as a company, but as a guest, um, I really hate the park hopping restrictions at two o'clock. If it could be earlier, as you said, or even maybe unpopular opinion, but I would even be okay if they tied an earlier park hopping to DVC or annual pass holder uh, perks or even probably more unpopular if they tied it to um, the the higher tier hotels, right? So say you're staying at a deluxe resort, then you can park hop anytime you want to. Say you're staying at a, you're a DBC member, you can park hop anytime afternoon. If you're an annual pass holder, you can park, park hop anytime after, you know, 10 o'clock, whatever, you know, something along those lines. I wish there was some change. At this point, it's been um, two years now that we've had this restriction in place um, or almost two years, I guess, coming up on that. But I wish that that was um, something that they could look at or consider or whatever to give some 
uh, guest experience points back to us. Um, ideally, I'd like it for everybody. Anybody that has a park hopper or has the ability to park hop should be able to do it like after 10 o'clock every morning or after noon every morning and also wave that pesky. You have to tap in here first before you can go anywhere else. I get that. Um, that's ideal, but if not, then maybe some of these other suggestions and particularly, gosh, I mean, Disneyland, Disneyland park hopping is so beautiful and such an amazing experience. And if they tied it to staying at a hotel, it would actually, that plus like an early entry at the hotel at the, at a Disneyland hotel. The, now you're that asking would, for too much. I, I know I am, but that would also put my booty in a much more expensive hotel room. Like I would pay to stay um, at the Disneyland hotel or Grand Californian if I had some additional perks to it that made my park life uh, more amenable. And so I can, I can handle reservations. Like I, I, I don't love it, but I get it and I, and I can handle reservations, but it's the park hopping thing that I stick on that drives me crazy that I really wish there was some flexibility or some way that we could as a community talk this company into <laughs> making some changes. Uh, so yeah, that's my, that's my vent about, uh, about the thing, the things that I don't, love that's happening at Disney right now. Um, both of which do not appear to be changing anytime soon, but I just wanted it on the record <laughs> that those are the things I'm not a fan of. Are we ready to get into what everybody else had to say? Yes, I'm ready for it. Let's do it. All right. So starting off with the things that got one vote each for under the category of things that we would like to get rid of. First one was Soarin' Around the World at specifically at Disney California Adventure, um, presumably to have that be Soarin' Over California. And I think that's that's pretty common. I And I actually think I would love Soarin' Over California everywhere, but I do think it makes sense to have at, at California Adventure, have the California for Epcot around the world. It's not my favorite, but I, I get it. So I think that that one makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, but we, we also had one vote for getting rid of generic merchandise throughout locations. And the person who said this one specifically mentioned at the resorts. And I do feel like I do still see some <sighs> resort specific merchandise around it. Maybe it depends on the resort, but I do still see that. But I, I really agree with this one. It was always nice when you could go and just get some really unique unique souvenirs kind of based on where you stay. Something I do, I always like to get like an ornament to kind of represent whatever, something I did on that vacation and being able to do that, like with the resort you stayed in specifically, if it was a really big family trip, I really always thought that was kind of nice. So I'm, I'm a big fan of doing some more unique, unique merchandise, whether it's at a resort or within the different parks. So I, I like that suggestion a lot. I always have a hard time <clears throat> when people talk about merchandise um, and one of the things that many of the podcast listeners may not know is that I have worked in corporate merchandising for over 20 years. And one of the things um, that is specifically related to my job is how much revenue are you generating from this particular item and creating assortments and getting them in from vendors and all of these things are such a hard time in the last two or three years. Mm -hmm. And it pains me. It pains me to go on social media and, and 
like watch how people are like, oh, it's so simple or, oh, and I totally get it. Like, listen, I am the first person to buy, buy unique merchandise. I am a merchandise hoarder. Patty knows. <laughs> I am like, oh, what is this? I need it. What is this? I need it. Right. I love merchandise and I love new merchandise because in my career, like generally I have looked at merchandise for probably eight months before other people have seen it. Um, so I'm bored usually by the time, like, you know, things hit a floor. And by the way, I do not work for Disney. So that's not, you know, it's not like I'm looking at Disney's merchandise for eight months, but I understand like when they put together those programs, like, yes, there is a very small guest that can come in and wants that merchandise. I used to be that guest. It was like every time I came down, I wanted something from whatever the hotel was I stayed at because maybe I stayed at different hotels every time or something like that. But then at the end, they're like, now what do we do with it? Nobody wants it. See, so like, me. I am. I am the, I am the, why on earth would I want a Saratoga Springs sweatshirt? No, no, right. I don't need that, bro. So that's, and yeah. there's I, someone I, that does. I, I, I'm you sure know, there like, is. I'm sure there is, but I just can't see uh, spending money on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the same, like, I always feel that way about, I, I'll be honest. And I know that this is definitely an unpopular opinion. Annual pass holder merchandise. Oh, first no, I don't all, buy it either. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, when I see the word pass holder, uh-huh. you see pass holder. Actually- <laughs> Without the P, right? Uh-huh. So, like, that's all I could see. And then on top of it, like, social media makes annual pass holders look like terrible human beings. Like,. Like we are incredibly entitled and really don't understand how things work. And you would, I don't know, expect maybe more from us because we go there a lot. Um, so I'm almost embarrassed to be a part of that group. Uh, so yeah. I would never purchase anything that says pass holder on it. And similarly, I feel the same way about, about DVC. Um you know, I love, I am a proud owner of the Disney Vacation Club. I will continue Bob Chapik, Josh DeMauro, whoever is listening to this podcast. I joke because you're not. But anybody <laughs> who is listening, I will continue to give you my money for more DVC. Hello, Disneyland Villas. Please open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I- you will not find me wearing a DVC sweatshirt because I don't want people to know that I am a member of that community. Well, I just, I don't know that it's, I don't know. It just, it just feels like, um, like it's a weird flex. It's a weird brag or whatever. And it's so, a weird brag. Yeah. And it's also, and similarly, like I also feel that social media and DVC groups tends to make us look like a very embarrassing community. <laughs> well, there's some of that too. There's absolutely some of that too. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I see what they're saying as far as like to some people there's probably, but from what Jane is saying, I think my takeaway here is that um, getting that specific merchandise isn't as profitable and or easy as Predator. we we wish it was in, in, you know, in our world. So, Eh, that could kind of explain that situation. And and listen, if they roll out, if they go to larger programs far and wide and they say, oh, everything is going to be generic everywhere and the customers stop buying it and they stop seeing, hey, that's not working. We're not getting as much guest spend. 
which is what Bob Chapik always talks about in his financial. We're getting more like per guest spend. Then they'll switch it back and go the other way. And also, by the way, it's cyclical. This is like how the industry like runs, like things go super, super generic. And then it swings the other way. The pendulum goes to super, super specified. And then it'll swing the other way. So eventually it'll change. It just may not change overnight. You'll see it again. Promise. (laughs) And then it'll go away again. Promise. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Continue on with the list, uh, Teresa. All right. So also with one vote each, we had the extent of Jack Sparrow and Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, And this came from Nicole G and her husband. And she said, I'm fine with red. I'm fine with having Captain Jack as an Easter egg, but the whole ride is about him. Um, And I, I get that. I do think that it kind of, it can be a little distracting. Um, And I think just having him in like in that last scene with the treasure, I'm like, I think that makes sense. Um, But I agree. I think that having him throughout the whole ride is a little bit much. Um, And then the other one that I really liked, because I know we usually talk about the California and Florida parks pretty frequently. Um, We did have one thing for Disneyland Paris. And that is getting rid of Star Wars Hyperspace Mountain at Disneyland Paris. Uh, And this came from David. And so he said, Paris's original Space Mountain from the Earth to the Moon was considered the best version of the attraction out of all the parks. When it became the Star Wars overlay, it immediately lost its uniqueness. Um, And I have not been to Paris, so I never got a chance to ride the original. But I will say, I think the look of the Disneyland Paris Space Mountain is super cool. Um, I love like the launch that they have there, but I, I know that a lot of people here domestically do really love hyperspace mountain. I think over in California, I've heard people prefer the hyperspace mountain to a traditional space mountain over there. So I did like that. We got a little international with this one. Um, And I think it also kind of goes to show that based on the park that you're in, you know, different overlays might be an improvement or maybe a detriment. So I thought that was an interesting choice. So interestingly enough, um, Hyperspace Mountain is actually closing in California. And I, I don't know if it, it's, I think it's July 5th, July 5th. I think yeah, it's when it's like, it changes. It's, yeah. I think it's July 4th or July 5th. I know. Cause I'm mad because I go July 6th and I love Hyperspace Mountain. I think it's so good. Um, but again, the more and more I read on social media, like a lot of people really hate it. And they're like, we don't need it. It's, you know, it's, we don't need more Star Wars. We don't, and I get that. Um, It was definitely done before like Galaxy's Edge open and stuff, but I didn't realize it was, I'm going to say this, you know, in air quotes, as unpopular an option as I thought it was. Cause like everybody I know prefers hyperspace to regular at Disneyland. So I'd be curious for anybody who's listening to this, drop in the uh, Facebook group. How we feel about Hyperspace Mountain at Disneyland? I'm I'm very curious. I'm wondering if it's um, one of those situations where it overstays its welcome. Like for me, mm-hmm. I like um, at Disneyland. I like um, I do like the overlay that they do for Halloween. But holy goodness, y'all! This goes from September through January. Like it's too much. It's too long. The traditional haunted mansion is only for half a year now. Like. So I feel like that one overstays its welcome, but also because it's a Halloween slash Christmas, you know, overlay, like what yeah. you cut down on. So like I get why they do it and how, you know, the time frame that they have to do it. But for me, if I was a Disneyland person, um, I would feel like that was 
uh, it was too much. Like it's, you know, it's, it's always there. It just feels like it's, and, and honestly, most of my trips lately have been in like September. So either I miss it altogether or I show up right when um, the uh, Halloween overlay goes up. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's my opinion. So I could kind of see that also with the hyperspace is that maybe it's just a matter of, it just, like put it out for a month, you know, around May the 5th and then make it go away. Like, why does it have to be there for so long? But I love, I'm with you. I love hyperspace, but also maybe because we're not Disneyland locals, maybe that's maybe Maybe. because it's so different for us when we do get to go. It's, I don't know, but you're right. I've seen some of the hate on that too. Um, Also a little side note, there's this rumor going around that there's going to be a light year overlay at Space Mountain. Now, if you haven't seen the movie for Lightyear, which by the way, it's all right. Like, I'm not gonna not gonna lie to you. It's not my favorite Pixar movie ever. There were moments where I cried, so it still gets you. Like Pixar will always get you, but it's not one of those like overly attached uh attachment movies. I don't I don't know that it's gonna have that power uh for most people, but it's entertaining enough. It's, it's, it's fine. There's no, I, I, I don't hate it. Let me just put it that way. But it's interesting because now they have a Buzz Lightyear face character meet and greet. And then in the movie itself, there is a space mountain looking, uh, item building launch pad. Um, however you want to describe it. And there's just, been this talk that there's possibly a light year overlay coming to Space Mountain. So we'll, I don't know if it'll happen. I don't know if that's totally just somebody trying to link an Easter egg in the movie to the parks and saying they're going to make it happen. Maybe they are going to make it happen, but just a heads up, there could be another overlay on the way. Uh, And I'm not, I, I, having seen the movie, there's absolutely potential there. I actually, my first thought was the potential for an overlay or a change or an overhaul of um, uh, Space the, Ranger Spin. No, no, Space Ranger Spin is Space Ranger Spin. I don't, I don't see how connecting this movie to that. Like, I don't, I don't see the change. I don't see the point. I do see the point though. Um, mission to Mission to Mars. What is what is the spa- oh, mission space? space? Yes, mission space. So a lot of this movie has Buzz Lightyear like taking off and traveling through space and you know things like that. And if you haven't been on that attraction anytime lately, and then you go see this movie, just follow with me. Think about it and think if you could see this being a you're a space ranger and you now. I mean, I, I also just feel like no offense, Teresa, but more IP at Epcot, but it would tie in, in the sense that, um, I think you could get a lot more kids and families interested in going on this ride. Um, if it was tied to something, uh, you know, that that's a little more accessible to them. So I could see it being a light year overlay. Personally, I, I saw the potential there while I was watching the movie and I was like, ah, they should do that. And then I heard this thing about space mountain and I was like, but I don't – and then I saw the Space Mountain in the movie. I saw Still, and I was like, oh, yeah, that is Space Mountain. Like, literally, it's Space Mountain in the movie. And so who knows what they're going to do, but just some some heads up, some thoughts, and just throwing it out there. Go see Lightyear. Uh, you, you won't you won't regret it. You just may not love it, but <laughs> you're not going to regret it. How's that for a, a movie review? Um Anywho, okay, so those were all of the things that had one vote. Um, Jane, what all got three votes each of things that we would like to get rid of? 
Patty and her parking fees. Woo woo! See, it's not just me. Wait, <laughs> well, I, but we need to clarify. We don't want to get rid of Patty and the parking fees. We just want just the parking fees that Patty cares about. <laughs> hey, look, if they want to waive just the parking, parking fees fee. just for Patty, Patty would be okay with that too. No, um, yeah. We're not trying to get rid of Patty. We're not, no. we're not trying to get rid of Patty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get rid of the parking fees. Okay, fair, fair, fair. <sighs> Bob Chapek. Oh, ouch. Okay. I, I don't think Bob's going anywhere. I think Bob's here to stay. I know. I know. I know. Um, Frozen Ever After, uh, they said, bring back the Maelstrom. Huh. Yeah. And I'll say, I saw, yeah, this one came up a few times. And I, I did, this was one of my votes, but it was more for bring back Maelstrom because it's it was such a goofy ride. And I loved it so much. I don't think Frozen Ever After is a bad ride, but I just love the uniqueness that Maelstrom had, and it was it was just ridiculous. It's like me and my um, country bear jamboree love. It's just like, what is, this, say, what is this it, doing here? I love exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> it, it is the Epcot so, country bear jamboree. It is yeah. That literally was it. Totally, yeah. totally okay, fair well, assessment. <laughs> I don't think it's as terrible as country bear jamboree. Um, <laughs> but I and the thing that kills me is like, I feel like no one cared about Maelstrom until it was like, we're going to take it away and replace oh, it I with care. And everybody was like, but I get it. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> nope correct that's um, literally what happened but uh i love it either way so good there um and park hopping restrictions again uh annie had said she'll make park reservations every day that you want her to just let her leave at 10 a.m so annie, you, annie and patty <laughs> annie and patty can make a plan for what to do at 10 a.m when they're done with whatever park they're going to honestly i would because 10 o'clock is still too early even for me to go take my nap get me until like you know let me park hop someplace else and by one o'clock i will clear out and go go take my nap i'm not go- i'm not even in a park you're not even coming not even- in yet I'm not even, even when I'm on property, I'm not even like out of my hotel. I'm not even up. I'm not, nothing. 10 a.m. I'm still laying in my hotel room. Do you have an idea for a great new podcast? You can bring your idea to life and start your podcast today with Libsyn. Our podcast has been on Libsyn for over two years and we love it. Libsyn has everything you need to plan, launch, and grow your own podcast. It provides some of the best resources created by expert podcasters who will show you everything you need to know, like what equipment you should use, how to record great audio, how to get your show onto Apple Podcasts, which is huge, folks, and other popular platforms, of course, and much more. Now, as a friend of the No Guilt Disney podcast, when you sign up with Libsyn, you get your first month of podcast hosting for free. There has never been a better time uh, than right now to start your own podcast. So visit Libsyn.com and use code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com and use code FRIEND to get started and create your podcast today. The next section, these are the top three things to get rid of. And we have enchantment there. Uh, Annie also says, I want Happily Ever After to be around long enough for my daughter to see it. So I could tell her about seeing it on our honeymoon and how she and her dad are my happily ever after. Oh, I'm doing like the little heart with my fingers, you know, the, my hands. Together. Yeah, super cute. Heart thing, Annie. Um, so cute. So cute. 
Um, so yes, uh, she's there with with Jane. Um, <laughs> top three things to get rid of: uh, Genie Plus. So can Genie Plus make Genie Plus go away? Poof. <laughs> Hope says that she would rather it all be standby only. Um, if we can't go back to Fast Pass, she's like, let's just make it all standby. And I will say that that period of time that we did not have Fast Pass and that we did not have um, Genie Plus, uh, you know, when pandemic, uh, when we reopened during pandemic. Um, and it was just standby was completely fine, but that's also, there was nobody in the parks. Maximum wait in line was maybe a 20, 25 minute wait. That's I can sustain that. Most families can sustain that with their children. It's when we're getting into the two to three hour lines for something that lasts three minutes that it's like, there's gotta be a better way people. So in my opinion, this is one of those, uh, you know, you got to get a way and balance out what it is. We want some kind of quote unquote, skip the line, you know, pass type thing. And I don't mind the planning ahead or the making the reservations ahead um, for this. On one hand, I don't mind it. But at the same time, I agree if we could go to standby only, it would be great. But then I want, I want to go back to pandemic levels, even if that means you increase my park ticket costs in order to still make the money, I just, that was a glorious time. My husband actually jokes. He was like, Oh, I will never go back to Disney. It peaked the summer of 2020. (laughs) When we went back, he was like, it will never be better than that (laughs) because we didn't didn't have any lines. There was nobody there. It was great. (laughs) Nothing was open. (laughs) I'll say before we get to the number one, because these, the top three were in reverse chronological order. So before we get to the winner, I am going to shout out a, another piece of content. Um, If you have not watched the defunct land Disney fast pass documentary, it's like a two hour documentary all about the history of fast pass. Um, and it kind of goes through and evaluates when it was standby only when it was paper fast pass, when it was the the digital fast pass. It is fascinating. I know I just said it's a two, two hour documentary about fast pass, but it is, it's very <laughs> cool. And they, I don't want to spoil it, but you will be obsessed with shape land by the end of this. So if you have some time, if, if fast pass or, you know, kind of thinking about the different evolution of that, that interests you. And if you're kind of thinking about what it would be like to go back to standby only, I definitely just want to give them a shout out. It, it is really fantastic. Okay. All right. Yes, I know how I'm spending my day today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the number one, without a doubt, the top number one thing to get rid of was the overwhelming whatever winner. And this is park reservations. So a lot of people just really hate this idea that we have to, you know, make the reservations in advance. The only thing I can say for this is that, look, if you liked uh, Fast Pass Plus, but you don't like park reservations, please recognize you were essentially making park reservations with fast pass plus, right? Most of us, not everybody, some people figured out how to play their game. And I was one of those people that did things a little bit differently, but with fast pass plus, you were choosing your fast, your three fast pass selections at one park. Most folks were trying to choose them first thing in the morning, which was essentially telling Disney, hi, I'm going to wake up and go to magic kingdom, or I am going to wake up and go to Hollywood studios. And I'm going to do my three fast passes there. Um, So you were kind of making a reservation. It just wasn't called a reservation, right? And so that's the only thing I can can kind of point out there is that it might be annoying or you may not like it or you don't have the flexibility. But I think we kind of always were making reservations when it comes down to it. We were. 
So, and it, and it, and it's along the same lines, even with our park hopping situation, like now, um, I may make my reservation to go to magic kingdom in the morning, but Disney can look at, uh, you know, what I have planned to do later on in the afternoon, um, which is a dining reservation at coral reef in Epcot. So obviously I plan to hop park hop sometime after two to go to this dinner. Right. So, you know, Disney really does. They, the way the planning systems are set up and whatever, they really can tell a lot about what our movement is going to be regardless. Um, but that's just my whole thought on the reservations is it's annoying. It's kind of dumb. I really do feel for people who aren't Disney people who don't know, who don't recognize, who didn't Google, who had no concept of the idea that you would need a reservation. And so they just show up or they bought their tickets and they think they can just go. I, I completely feel for them. But also the information is absolutely out there and you don't even have to be in a special Facebook group or listen to a special podcast to do it. Like if you just go to the Disney website, <laughs> um, you will see that information about park reservations. I do feel like they've, they've done a decent job of letting people know that this is the deal and this is what you need to do. Um, however, like I'm also not married to the idea. If they wanted to get rid of park reservations, I would celebrate just as much as anybody else because, I don't know, it's just that that's not my hill to die on, I think is my answer. So the one thing I do really like about park reservations is that um, it already tells you like, hey, this park is going to be crowded. And for a person like me, I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. So tell me where it's going to be less crowded. Now, I say that also knowing that because of the park reservations, they are, like you said earlier, able to spread everybody out. And that's why people seem to think it's crowded all the time. Because now they've also spread everybody everywhere. So they're like, it, there's no place for you to go. A little bit more. Even we used to, yeah, mm-hmm. we used to like you'd pop in a park and be like, "This park is crowded." Oh, you know what? I'm going to bounce over to Animal mm-hmm. Kingdom, which will be empty. Mm-hmm. And now they're all equally as "quote unquote" crowded, so they all feel overwhelming. Well, and I will tell you also, as somebody who you know sells Disney travel, uh, a lot fewer people are purchasing park hoppers at this point because they don't see the value in it since they can't hop until two o'clock. So yes, they're going to one park and they're staying at that one park where these same folks, because I have a lot of repeat clients, were always the park hopper people. They were always like, I want the flexibility and I want to be able to do it. So that is definitely a change that is happening to your point. Um, that also does explain a little bit more why, you know, we feel crowded all the time in every park is because it's now just equally crowded. <laughs> yes, equally crowded. All right. So Teresa, what are we going to bring back? Okay. So yeah, second half of the list, things we're going to bring back. Um, and this was where it, I really think it's interesting because you see the aspects of Disney that people have affection for, maybe from their first trip or something that they used to see a lot that they kind of miss. So I love, I love that this one just gives you a little bit of a feel of things about Disney history that may have been significant for others. So we have a lot of things with one vote each. And then the top three were ones that people kind of had a lot, a couple of people voted for. So we're going to go through the list of things that had one vote each. Um, I'm going to rush through some of them, but we do have a few special comments in there. Um, so there's one vote for the frozen Kona Mocha at Joffrey's 
And I did either. I had never had this. I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Um, either of you ever had no. this one? Okay. Nope. Um, but it just goes to show that it's some of the things that we miss, it's just a food item. Like there are little things in here. Um, we had Aladdin at the Hyperion Theater, uh, changing the Swiss family treehouse to the Tarzan treehouse at Disneyland, and also changing Tom Sawyer Island um, from the Pirate Island at Disneyland. Uh, we had the original ice cream parlor at Epcot, and this was from Jill. So she had mentioned that the entire building smelled like waffle cones, and this was a giant space shared with a character spot. So by the time you finished hugging Mickey and Minnie, we were salivating for an ice cream cone. Um, and I think that's one of those like nice little like just time capsule memories that you have. Um, there's also the free magic bands, um, bounce back offers, ESPN The Weekend, which I'm not familiar with. Um, so again, asking either of you, either of you ESPN The Weekend experience? Mm-mm. No. Okay. <laughs> so Star Wars was, Weekend experience. Star Wars Weekend. Yes. Yeah. I will I say that's another good Star one. Wars, yeah, I love Star Wars Weekends. Um, so we also had Pleasure Island. Uh, and this is from Amanda. She says, I remember being excited for the day I would be old enough to go to the Adventures Club and comedy clubs and so on. It closed the year after I graduated high school. Uh, and I am similar to this one. Yes, this one I can relate to a little bit because I remember... So I went to Disney back in 1990, did not come back until 2008, 2009. And I remember my 2009 trip was the first one that I went to Disney or downtown Disney at that point. And I think that was like the week everything was closing or like, I, so I was like, I, it was there, but I didn't go into it. Cause I didn't realize at that point that everything was going away. So I'm like, I just missed pleasure Island. So th- that's one that I wish, I wish I could have had that experience at some point in time. So pleasure Island is one of my, um, my early uh, Disney adult memories. Um, so I went to Disneyland as a, as a child, as a baby, 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 but then never went to Disney world. My parents never took us there. Um, so as an adult, my husband and I, we bonded over our love of Disney and he took, we basically did as our honeymoon was Walt Disney world. Um, he was in the army. And so he was gone a whole lot. And I had this one friend who I won't say she's a troublemaker, but when our husbands were gone, we were like, you know, we were early twenties, um, late, gosh, I think, I think we had just turned 21 each. So early twenties and they were gone for three weeks at a pop. So what else were we going to do? Right. I mean, we had jobs, but like they were flexible type jobs, you know? So anyway, no kids, no jobs. We did have dogs, but we would, we would load our dogs up and we would drive down to Orlando and, go to Disney. And her thing was Pleasure Island. She was, I don't even, I think we actually went down to Orlando at least twice where we didn't even go to a park. (laughs) We just went down to dance in the clubs and to go in and enjoy Pleasure Island. So that's one of my early, like, you know, wild twenties memories is my husband's out saving the world and we're down partying in um, Pleasure Island, but it was a lot of fun. And, and it was, it was such a unique and a cool idea um, I, and again, I can see why they might've changed things and why what they have now is probably more profitable for them, but it really was a blast. It, it was a good, good, good time. 
And I do like Disney Springs. Like, I think it's still a fun place to hang out. But yes, like I said, just just to be able to have that experience of Pleasure Island one time. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us who missed out on it do do wish that we could have it back for a weekend somehow. Somehow Disney can do that. They they can time travel back to Pleasure (laughs) Island and its peak. Um, And so the last four, the last four on this list for one vote each all came from Kaylin. And she wrote (laughs) the Animation Academy character palooza the osborne lights and the great movie ride with the comment maybe i just want them to bring back mgm studios (laughs) and i was like i was surprised this was the only vote for osborne lights i i know that's something people really really do miss um so i was surprised to see that only got brought up one time i i wonder if it's i don't know if it's just been gone long just long enough that it's no longer in people's memories you know as as profoundly um it's funny because I remember at the time making the comment of like, look, people, if you want a Star Wars land, which we've all been saying we've wanted for years, you got to give something up and you're going to have to give up Osborne lights. And now I'd rather have the Osborne lights, I think. Sorry. But you can still go see them. If you like them, you can still go see them at Give Kids the World during during the holidays. I cannot remember the name of the event that they do, but the if you miss the Osborne Lights, um, Give Kids the World does have a special event during the holidays where you might see some things that look a little familiar. All right. So now we're moving on to the top three things to bring back. Jane, tell us about them. So um, there was a tie... Our number three was uh, annual pass sales. <laughs> okay, fair. Okay. Um, and that was tied with the Rainbow Tunnel from the original Journey into Imagination and just the overall original Journey into Imagination. Listen, Teresa, you cannot, you cannot keep voting. <laughs> you get one vote, Teresa. You can't vote 75 times. We reject this one. <laughs> no, I think t- tell, tell any child of the 80s that you could bring the Rainbow Tunnel back. We're all going to say yes. Come on. Who does not want the Rainbow Tunnel to come back? It's not. It's, it's just, just sitting there. It's just sitting there behind a wall. It's not like it was replaced with anything. It's just behind a wall at a DVC lounge center. Tell the DVC, like have DVC say, we want the Rainbow Tunnel back in this lounge area. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I mean, listen, if it's there, yay. If it's not there, I'm not going to (laughs) notice. Number two. This also applies to you, Patty, who doesn't get 75 votes. (laughs) Hey, I didn't even bring it up. All right. This was. Let's be fair. You would have been tied for number three. This <laughs> would have been tied for number three, but I gave it an extra vote for Patty. <laughs> she, this is what I mean. Do you? Do all our listeners see what I'm up against out here? I'm playing by the rules. I vote once. In my opinion, once. Now I've got I these over here. With these two, can't take them anywhere. Um, baked potatoes in Liberty Square. <laughs> Listen, listen, okay, particularly any runners. This was the ideal after race recarb up snack that you wanted. It was this perfectly baked potato with salt on the outside, all the goodies on the fixings on the inside. You could have your sour cream, your cheese, your chives, your bacon. Like it was 
amazing. And it was a snack credit back. Remember back when we had the Disney dining plan? <laughs> um, it was a snack credit, but it was also like maybe four bucks or something for this potato. Anyway, in Disney speak, that's a steal. But it was just a little slice of heaven <laughs> and so easy and so familiar that there was no way they were going to like mess up a baked potato. Like you could always count on the baked potato being perfect every time you went. And that is why this great potato famine must end Disney. It must end. We need our baked potatoes back. Okay. I only voted once, I promise, but uh, I do co-sign this one for sure, for sure. And the number one thing, I'm just going <laughs> to move right along. The number one thing to bring back overwhelmingly was Magical Express. And Kelly says, I realize it wasn't actually free. The cost was baked into the hotel stay, but they got rid of it. And that was not reflected in the prices at all. Plus, for us, that was one of our biggest incentives to stay on property because it removed one huge expense compared to staying off property. I yeah, just want a I mean, standing ovation. Yeah, yeah, she's not wrong in any single sense of that. And I think I think overall, if we're going to look at any like one complaint to me, for me, if I'm going to make any one complaint about Disney, it's not so much that they had to take things away or that they had to change things that we were once, you know, had for free. It's the fact that they did that on one hand, they, they are taking some value away, but they're also increasing the prices on the other hand to an extent that... I feel like I can't justify if you're looking at like, well, everything over time increases. Yes, that's true, right? Of course that's true. But it's just such a huge disconnect compared to the value that we we once were given. And then you're taking that away and increasing how much more it costs. It's just, it's a struggle to, to say that. Um, I still am holding on to the idea that Staying on property is absolutely more convenient uh, way to vacation at Walt Disney World, particularly if you're looking at a race weekend, that sort of thing. I, I definitely think that it's it's more convenient um, when you're factoring in getting a rental car. If you have your own car, it's a different story, possibly. But if you're looking at factoring in a price of a rental car, rental cars are ridiculous right now. So keep that in mind if you're trying to you know judge this out and, and determine if it's quote unquote, worth it for you to stay on property. But I do agree with everything she said there that, you know, Magical Express was one of those just, again, they catered to a vacationing family or, or, or community that just wanted to have things kind of taken care of for them. And transportation was one of those things. And now there's additional steps and costs and everything. And, and the reports I've been getting on the experiences and Teresa, you had your own experiences is that they're naturally neither, neither of the two bus services are really running all that smoothly. So unfortunately that didn't help much either. So, yes. And I know there's the, that train, I cannot remember the name of what it's called. They're going to be called, but like, there's gonna be that train that's going to go from the airport to Disney Springs. So I know that there is like another option coming that's still not free, but maybe a little more efficient than the current Magical, Magical Express 
um, replacements. But I think this also ties into, because I knew this one was coming up when you were talking about the parking fees, right? So Magical Express was something great because if you didn't want to, you didn't have to rent a car. You didn't have to worry about that. Um, and so now for having like the parking fees, because they're kind of being pushed into maybe having a rental car, if you want to be able to get yourself from one place to the other, I think having like the parking fees on top of that, it's, I know the two decisions were not, not connected, but it was a little disappointing that you have to pay if you, there's no way to get like with your reservation, no way to get directly from your from the airport to your hotel. So if you wanted to have something easier to do that, you would have to rent a car, but now you have the parking fees if you're going to rent a car. So it's like you're getting double penalized if you're if you're staying at a Disney hotel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if there are any things that are not on this list that you would love to share that you want Jeannie to bring back or get rid of, please join us in our Facebook group. It's No Guilt Disney on Facebook. Or you can email us at noguiltdisneypod at gmail.com. And make sure you join us each week on the No Guilt Disney Podcast, because as Patty likes to say, It's no fun to fangirl. Liberty Square baked potatoes alone. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Sleety and her baked potatoes. Look. <laughs> I did get really excited, though, when we got to make that number two. <laughs> <laughs>